Hey everyone, welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and if you've ever missed an episode of all of our almost 60 different episodes of Activate, you can check it out on soundcloud.com or on iTunes. Search Jillian Pelkey Activate. All right, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get right into the message for today. So will you join with me in prayer? God, I thank you for this day. God, I am so blessed and thankful for life, for breath in my lungs. God, I am thankful that you have given us all such great opportunities to serve you. God, you've put people in our lives and situations in our lives, Lord, to help us to learn more about who you are and God, to help us to become more like you. God, I pray today that your word just opens our eyes, that your word just uh, changes us in ways that only you can change us to be more and more like you, Jesus. Jesus. God, thank you for all that you're doing on the face of the earth right now. Thank you for all the people that you're ministering to. Thank you for all that you are to us. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today, we're going to take a look at the invitation that we have to spend time with God. There is a great equalizer. There, there's so much talk about diversity, and it, diversity is so beautiful because it's so true. Each one of us is made so uniquely and so perfectly, but there's things in the gospel that unify us like nothing else. There are things in the, in the Bible that are absolutes, things that don't change that are so true for every single person. Even though we are all designed and created, I mean, with our own thumbprints, our own fingerprints, our own DNA. I I recently did the 23andMe DNA uh, situation and came with the results to find out um, that I'm mostly British and Irish. And all this time I thought I was a a whole bunch of me was Italian. Only 4% of me is Italian. So each one, and then to look at my DNA versus the DNA of my aunt or DNA of my cousin, like how different we are and yet we're related. And so each one of us is so incredibly unique. But God has some things that unify us no matter how Italian we are, how African we are, how Scandinavian we are. We all are unified under a few different things. And last week we talked about one of them, that we're all unified because we are all sinners. There's no sin that's not common to man, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And also that the blood of Jesus Christ covers every sin. So we are unified by the gospel saying that Jesus takes our sin and remembers it no more. So we're unified by sin and the grace that covers it. But today I want to talk about this other unifying principle in the gospel that applies to each and every, it applies to you. It applies to your mother. It applies to your father. It applies to your children or your great, 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 great grandchildren. It will, it will have applied to, uh, you know, as far back as generations as you can imagine. Every person in your church, every person in your workplace, every person in North America, South, the planet this applies to. And that's our access to prayer. Our access to prayer. There are not certain people that can pray more than other people. We all have access to prayer. And here's the thing with with God. God doesn't have cool kids, like a cool kids club that certain people are are better than others. Uh, To God, we are all 
kids. He's God and we are all his children. We are all kids and we are all cool because he designed each and every one of us on purpose and for his purpose. So he didn't design anybody in a bad way. He designed them all perfectly. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made that we are his masterpiece, that we are his poem, that we are his designed and that he designed us even before we were formed in our mother's womb, he designed us. And so there are no cool kids. We're all cool kids to God. We are all invited into his presence. Every single one of us. So here's our issue. The invitation is laid out for us. Pure, plain, simple. It's laid out day after day after day. It's up to us if we take that invitation. So today I want to talk about spending time with God. The invitation is for absolutely everyone. The invitation is for absolutely everyone. We all have the same 24 hours in a day, and we're all able to make or take or create time and space to spend with God. God is a God who speaks to us. He, the God of the universe who designed you so wonderfully and perfectly wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to everyone at your workplace, everyone at your church, everyone on the planet. But there are so many people who have not RSVP'd, who have not said yes or no to this invitation to spend time with God. And the invitation is, is daily. The invitation is always laid out before us. The main question that people have is, well, well, what does that look like? How do I actually spend time with God? Spending time with God is as unique as we are. We are each unique and made differently. And so some of us express ourselves differently. Some of us communicate differently. But in everything, we need to find time for us to be quiet to hear the voice of God, and we need to express ourselves to God. Some people journal out and write out all their prayers. Some people kneel down and uh, and pray. Other people will stand and walk around and pray. Other people will um, go for a walk with headphones on and pray. There are so many different ways to pray, but the, the point would be that our attention would be fully on God. on God, not God and with my Facebook open, not God and, um, uh, you know, other things playing into it. It's okay, God, I'm here to listen to you. And in prayer, there's some things that we're really good at. Most people are really good at asking God for things. Most people's prayers uh, start off, dear God, please help so-and-so, please heal so-and-so, please do this, please do that. And the Bible says that we should ask for things. There's the parable of the persistent widow who kept going before the judge asking and asking and asking and asking and asking for justice. And finally, uh, he got tired of her asking and gave her what she needed. And, And Jesus says in that parable, how much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask of him? And then in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, is this famous asking verse. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Verse 9, which of you, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? God wants us to ask him for things. God wants us to come before him with our requests, and wants to come before him with our needs God never has been and never will be a genie in the bottle who has to answer our requests. It all is part of his plan, and it's all part of our learning who he is and him shaping who we are. 
to be more like him. And so asking God, we've all got that down pretty well. We need to remember to ask God for things uh, in ourselves that need to change as well. Ask God for help for ourselves. Ask God to purify us and to to make us more like Him. But there's two areas I want to talk about when we come before God. The first one is gratitude and thankfulness. We all like to think that we are thankful until we take an account of how much have I thanked God for. How many things have I overlooked or forgotten to give thanks for? And I started this this thing where in the mornings I write down all the things that I'm thankful for in a list, pen and paper. God, I am thankful for a pillow to sleep on because I went to uh, Liberia, Africa, and I saw many people who didn't have pillows to put their heads on. God, I am thankful for four walls to keep me warm. God, I'm thankful for my son. I'm thankful for my uh, husband. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for a dishwasher. I'm thankful for uh, a dining room table. I'm thankful for joy. I'm thankful. So many things. When you start to write down, it just keeps you know going from small to huge things that you could be thankful for. And when you start to do it daily, uh, you, you come up with so many things to be thankful for, and it changes your day. It changes your heart. So in the morning, I write down all that I'm thankful for. And then in the evening, I write down all the things that I need to repent of. And this has really helped me because I'm, I'm great at asking for things, but this gratitude piece and this repentance piece are so important to our relationship with God. So, uh, asking God we've got down, but in gratitude, First Thessalonians says, give thanks in all things, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances, all situations. And if we begin a lifestyle of giving thanks, then even when hard times come, we can thank God because even in the midst of the darkest moment, God is with us. In the midst of the hardest thing, God, I know you're here. God, I thank you that you'll see me through this. God, I thank you that you have a plan through this. You begin to see that that God never leaves you. And uh, so this First Thessalonian verse, give thanks in all circumstances. We should just repeat that to ourselves. And then when someone's mean to us, give thanks in all circumstances. God, I know you're with me. God, I thank you for your word that's going to sustain me. God, I thank you. And it will change everything. Our thankful hearts will change our lives. So gratitude and thankfulness should be part of our daily time with God. An invitation to spend time with God is an invitation to give him thanks for who he is and all he's done. So when a circumstance happens, God is still good. God is still mighty. God is still creative. God is still omniscient. God is still a healer. God is still faithful. And all these things can be said to him. God, I see that this horrible thing happened, but God, I know who you are. Your word says you're this, and you can keep this attitude, this confidence in gratefulness. So we ask God for things. We're grateful and we're thankful. And then I want to talk about repentance. Matthew 3, 8 says, produce fruit Produce fruit. That means uh, you're producing something good. You're uh, alive and growing by keeping with repentance. Produce fruit by keeping with repentance. And repentance is confessing our sins to God. And it's very easy for us, again, just like thankfulness and gratitude, it's very easy to be like, well, I have nothing really to repent of. I've just lived a regular day. But when I started making a pen and paper list every night of the things I wanted to repent of, I started to see uh, not only that I did have things to ask God for forgiveness of, but they were repetitive day after day. One of them for me was that I was talking too much. In situations and meetings with people, I said too much. I could have been a little bit quieter and let more people talk and listened a little bit. And I would never have seen that if I wasn't confessing my sins before the Lord. And God began to work on that with me and he's still working on that with me. 
But uh, that list of God, please forgive me today for my attitude. Forgive me for, for me, it's overeating. For uh, me, it's attitude problems. It's thoughts. It's things like that. God, forgive me. And if I'm asking God every day to forgive me, the next day I'm less likely to go after that same thing when I'm about to. I think, no, I don't want to do this. Because I know I'm going to have to repent for it later. But if we don't make repentance a part of our daily time with God, then we're just coasting and living the same way day after day. We're not changing and becoming more and more like Jesus. So we need to ask God for things. We need to be grateful for things. We need to repent of things. You know, as I started to spend more time with God, and as I started to concentrate my time with God, because my idea was that, you know, I pray all the time. I pray while I'm out walking. I pray while I'm driving. I pray, 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 blah, blah, blah. But having concentrated time where I get alone with God, and I say, this is a big chunk of time that I'm spending with Jesus. That's odd. It doesn't happen for many people. Will it happen for you? Will you take that invitation? That invitation is for absolutely everyone. Will you take that invitation and say, yes, I'm going to spend a big old chunk of time with Jesus. You know, when I started doing that and I started taking these big chunks of time with Jesus, some things started to change in my life. And I have a a little journal entry here that I want to read to you of what I realized after, you know, some time of making time to spend with Jesus. Listen to this. It says, the more time I spend with Jesus, the more I can see that my life needs to, can, and will change. I can see areas that are weak that I thought were strong. I'm no longer rushed. I'm more full of peace and calm. I'm carrying less. I didn't even know I was carrying some of the worries that I was. I didn't even realize how much those worries were slowing me down. They were aging me, handicapping me, changing me. I see that God knows me better than I know myself, than others know me, and His plan is pure brilliance. The things He has for me are perfect for me. His plan has purpose and design. I couldn't do better. I used to have this twinge of wanting to help God out, and now this just makes me want to seek Him more. He knows what he's doing. His plan works. What a realization for myself. You know, what a realization that that God really can change my life. There are things I thought were stuck forever, and God's slowly moving them. There's things that I thought were great about myself that God's slowly teaching me and changing me. What an awesome, awesome opportunity available to everyone. So the invitation is there. The opportunity is there. It's for everyone. Now, now here's one more thing I want to talk about. Anxiousness. Anxiousness and thankfulness are magnetic opposites. Anxiousness and, and thankfulness are magnetic opposites. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. 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 <laughs> but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, our anxiety-ridden world has an answer to anxiety, and that's thankfulness. In the last couple years, um, I have experienced anxiety attacks for the first time. And it's so common. I hear so many pastor friends. I hear so many women of God, so many people say that they have experienced these, these anxiety attacks. Well, you want to know what changes that is thankfulness. 
I know that feeling where you just feel like you just can't breathe and the world is spinning a little bit and you're just holding on for dear life and you feel like you could pass out because you feel anxious. And it's, and for me, it was never about one specific thing, but all the things at once in that moment, what brings me back, what presents a full on anxiety attack is God, I know you're with me. God, I'm looking to you. God, I'm thankful that you're with me in this situation. It's being grateful in that moment. The Bible tells us don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God, I am thankful that you're with me right now. So as you're starting to feel anxious, remember that thankfulness is like that magnetic opposite of anxiety that can push away anxiety and to bring you back in communion with your, with your God, with your maker, with your, with your Jesus, who can calm every situation. And our anxiety is because we haven't presented everything to God. We're holding on to some things. We're holding it back. We're thinking we're going to deal with it. We're going to carry it. And like I said in my journal entry, I didn't even realize the things I was holding on to. And they really were aging me. They really were holding me down like a ton of bricks. I was uh, walking heavier than I needed to walk. And so when we have a gob of time, a big old chunk of time where we present everything, everything to God then our anxiety is less because we're not holding on to it all anymore. But what the, the plague of, of Christianity right now is these drive-by prayer times is these, oh, I'm fine. I, I pray in the car. Oh, I'm fine. I prayed for five minutes. Oh, I'm fine. I, I, I prayed. I'm good. How did you present everything to God in your quick little prayer? It wasn't concentrated. It wasn't time spent with, with God. He wants a relationship with you. That's not a quick, hey, bye, hi, bye. He wants to spend time with you. And so spending time is what eases our anxiety. Spending time is what reminds us who God is and who we are and who really is carrying everything. The, you know, the scriptures keep bringing true in my mind, unless the Lord builds the house, it will not stand. Unless the, the Lord watches the city, the watchmen watch in vain. You could have guards guarding your city, but unless the Lord is with them, it doesn't matter. It's all got to be breathed through the Holy Spirit. It's all got to be spent in time with God. And, and then there's security and safety and a peace for our soul, a peace that passes worldly understanding. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every single, single, single situation, present your prayers to God with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. So in our time spent with God, we have to ask Him for things, have gratitude for things, repent of things, and we have got to lay it all out there before Him. And then the, the last thing I'm going to talk about is so many people say that they spend time with God and they never hear God speak back to them. They never hear God uh, direct them or lead them. So uh, here's a couple of things. God speaks to us in a variety of different ways. Most of the problem is that we don't spend enough time listening. Most of the problem is that um, we do it just like dieting. We try it for three days and I say, oh, I didn't lose weight, so I give up. But your body needs more time <laughs> to adjust to this new lifestyle. A lot of times uh, we pray and we're like, I sat here for three whole stinking minutes and I heard nothing. Three whole minutes I sat there. I recorded it on my phone. Three minutes, stopwatched. We got to spend time in his presence. We have to open up our hearts to hear from him. 
We have to repent of our sins. We have to be thankful. We have to ask Him for things, and then we need to be silent to listen. The Bible continually promises us that if we call to Him, that He will answer. Call unto me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all, A-double-L-L, all your heart. The Lord's not hiding from you. The Lord wants to speak to you. He wants to direct your path. Uh, So there's a few ways that God speaks to us. One is through the Bible. The Word of God is God speaking to you. So if you open the Bible and you read it, you can't say that God is not speaking to you. He is speaking directly to you. So the Word of God speaks truth and life to us. It's, It's God's Word, God's literal Word to us. So when we read it, God is speaking to us. So God can speak to us directly through the word. Sometimes we can read and read and read, and we feel like we got nothing out of it. There are other days where we can read one verse and just feel like our whole world was transformed because that verse just jumps off the page, makes our heart beat faster. God just reveals himself to us through it. So if God's not speaking to you, keep reading, keep listening. Sometimes we just need to read a little bit. Sometimes we're reading and reading, reading, getting nothing out of it. Keep reading because this is God's word to us. The thing is, before you open the Bible, say, God, please speak to me. God, I'm listening to your word. Please reveal yourself through your word to me. And so God speaks through his word. He also speaks through other people, through sermons, through people directly talking to us, um, through situations in our our lives. God is uh, famous for using everyday situations to speak to us. If our, if our spiritual ears are listening, he can show us things and say, Hey, look at that person. Do you see what they're doing? This is what I want to show you. Look at how, um, I remember a friend who was going through a difficult time. She said one day though, she was walking and the Lord just stopped her in her tracks and, and the Lord told her, look down and she looks and she sees these ants and he's like, if I'm taking care of the ants, how much more am I taking care of you? And it was so special and so important just for her. And God wants to speak to us through nature, through everyday situations, through other people. Sometimes people can speak directly to us and things that God wants to tell us because we aren't uh, hearing it through the Bible or we're not hearing it directly from him. So God speaks through his word. He speaks through other people, through sermons and pastors and spiritual people. He also speaks directly to us. Sometimes when we listen, God will speak directly to us. How do we know that it's God? Well, it's not our voice speaking. It's a voice in our in our mind. It's not our voice, but it's something that we know that it's Him. And how do you get to know someone's voice? You keep listening to it. And so um, sometimes it's obeying what God says. If God says, hey, I want you to be kind to this person, and you do it, or I want you to call this person and just check on them, and you do it. And, and then you get to know the voice of God. You listen and you obey, and then uh, it becomes easier and easier to discern what God's voice is in your heart. And so uh, God will speak directly to us. And that's just so amazing that he would do that. But he speaks directly to us also through the word, also through other people. So God is always speaking. We have to find enough time to listen. We have to adjust our hearts enough in repentance to be able to listen. We have to adjust our our mind enough in thankfulness and, and counting our blessings to listen to what he has to say. God wants to lead us. Uh, The Bible says that the word is like a light unto our path and that God will direct us if we listen to the word. So if you never hear the voice of God in your mind or in your heart, but you read the word, God is speaking right to you. So uh, always use that as your your guidepost, that God is speaking to you. He gave you the Bible. He gave you the the word. You know, uh, between the book of Malachi and Matthew, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was a period of 400 years of silence. 400 years of silence where God did not speak. 
uh, it's not recorded that God spoke. Uh, there's no Bible uh, books. There's no recording of God speaking. Was he still there? Yes. There were hundreds of years where the uh, God's people were slaves in Egypt and God didn't rescue them. He was silent. And yet he heard their prayers. And, and years later when Moses delivers them, the, the Lord says to them, I heard your prayers. He's not slow to answer. He's not slow to speak. But uh, we have to trust that God is there. And so we trust that God is there between Malachi and Matthew. We trust that God is there even if you audibly don't hear uh, his voice speaking in your head or your heart. We know that he's there through the word of God, which we have right before us that we can read at any time. God is there. So the question is not, is God there? My question to you today is, are you there? How are you speaking to God? How are you communicating with God? God is there. He's given you uh, thousands of pages in his word. My Bible right now, let me turn to how many pages is this Bible? It's 2,035 pages, 2,035 pages of speaking to me right here next to me. The question is not, is God speaking to me? The question is, am I speaking to God? The question is, am I spending time in God's presence? Am I pouring out everything before him? Or am I holding back things and thinking I'm helping God out or I'm doing my own thing and God's a supplement? God has to be the thing, not the supplement to what you can already do yourself, but he has to be the thing. So today, will you accept the invitation to spend time with God? Will you accept the invitation to be in his presence? Will you not only ask for things and for help, but will you repent of your sins? He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He'll forgive your sin as far as the East is from the West and remember them no more. Will you also be, have an attitude of gratitude to the Lord? Will you be thankful? Will you count your blessings today? Will you list them out before God? Write them on paper. Or tell God all the things that you're thankful for. Will you spend time with God? Will you accept that invitation? It's for absolutely everybody. It is especially for you. It is especially for you today to find that gob of time, that hour with the Lord, that two hours with the Lord, to spend time and to pour yourself out before him and let him fill you up with his word, with his living water. Uh, let's pray together. And I hope that you find that, that time alone with Jesus because that's what transforms our lives. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. You are the God in heaven, but you are also the Holy Spirit that guides us and leads us. And God, I pray for each person who has put spending time with you off to the side, who has put spending real time with you uh, as a secondary thing. God, I pray that we would make it a priority today. I pray that heads would not hit the pillow tonight without spending a good amount of time with you. God, I pray that you would prepare us for all that you have for us. God, I pray that you would transform us as we spend time with you. God, I pray that depression and anxiety would have to bow in your presence. God, I pray that chains would be broken off people. God, I pray for freedom opportunities that come to people who spend time with the King of kings. God, I pray that you would come and wash over your people. God, I pray that you would come and speak to your people that God, as we seek you with all of our hearts, I pray that you would answer us and show us great and mighty things that we don't even know yet. God, lead us, guide us by your spirit. Open up our ears to hear what you would say to us today. God, thank you for your presence in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.